0: From their humble beginnings on a cattle station in the Kimberley of Western Australia, Ringers Western's inspiration comes from their roots. Ringers pride their brand on being tough, adaptable, sometimes cheeky, but always offers you class and loyalty. These principles, along with a high standard of design and quality, set Ringers Western way ahead of the mob. Personally, three-quarters of my wardrobe is Ringers and the majority are their jackets. With winter coming soon, head to ringerswestern.com to check out the range and get yours today. Alrighty. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Reminisce with Jaden. I've had many countless nights losing sleep, deciding who I'd have as my first guest on. And obviously with this week, uh, we're playing Collingwood and the man who presented me with my first jumper was Steel Sidebottom. It's his 300th game this week and my 100th game. So I thought there'd be no better guest to get on than you, Steel. So welcome to the podcast. It's
1: um, very honoured to be the number one man, mate. So I'm looking forward to it and um, congrats on the this week.
0: I was going to give you a big intro. I went through, looked at your Wikipedia, all your accolades. I could talk about Anzac Day medals, premierships forever with you, but I thought um, I'd give the listener a little bit of an insight into my thoughts on you and how you were with me when I first got to the club. So uh, Steels, you are one of the most down to earth and uh, supportive people. You made cl- coming into the club fun, always laughing, always joking, and um, you are sort of a role model for me, I suppose. I think We have a lot of similarities and you might not like to agree with that, but um, yeah, a lot of similarities and a lot of common interests. So I was always attracted to you and you're a great uh, mentor and and role model to me. So thank you for
1: that. Yeah, I sort of felt that as well. I'd been through some things that probably you were as well and um, yeah, I was drawn to you and and could always offer my advice wherever I could. So um, yeah, it was a pleasure to play alongside you for those however many games it was in the end.
0: Beautiful. Obviously, your 300th this week, um, it's an amazing achievement. Did you have it penciled in from from the off-season going, yeah, round 11, we've got North Melbourne. That's most likely when I'll play my 300th. Yeah,
1: I'll have, and um, yeah, I'll be lying if I didn't. Um, yeah, Alicia's probably done a little bit of planning for it as well. She's um, organised a few things for it. Um, She's taken a lot of things out of my hands, which has been good with tickets and all that kind of stuff. So um, she's been good in that aspect, but, um, yeah, I've, I guess I've been waiting for it for a while now.
0: So how many tickets have you asked for? I know I've asked for 30 in the Medallion Club, but it's a <laughs> Collingwood home game, so I might
1: struggle to get that. How many have you asked for? Well, I've actually got 50 in the Medallion Club, <laughs> so you mightn't be getting 30. Um, but I've probably, I'm have probably i probably going to end up giving out about 70 tickets and um, – there's probably still more that have just got their own tickets and um, as I mentioned, Leash has organised something for after the game so hopefully we can get everyone together after after the game and, yeah, have a drink and just reminisce.
0: <laughs> yeah, <I was laughs> yeah, nice little plug there. I was very fortunate to play in your 200th game and uh, we went back to the Holden Centre after and there was about 60 blokes from Shep so I can imagine
1: you've got all of them there.
0: What was it like going up in Shep?
1: Well I, well, I first grew up in Tally Group, and they're just a little town, and then moved to Shet when um, I was in year seven. Um, small little town where sort of everyone knows each other. Um, you can't get away with much because if something happens, you know, there's only a handful of kids to choose from who it was, and usually one would cough up and, and say who it was. So um, I'm, yeah, I still love going back home now. Two of my brothers still live back in Tally. Um, I'm on a few. Um, like Snapchats with a lot of the guys from Tally, we do footy tipping and that together. So still keeping contact and um, I'm still Rusty, the bloke I am when I left. So um, I'm not the still cyborg I'm the football. When I go back there, I can just be myself. And um, yeah, that's some, one thing that I really love about it. Yeah, you mentioned Rusty there. I think all your brothers, what is there, five of you? Yeah, five All of us, have yeah. nicknames. Yeah, Run us through those. Yeah, so yeah, I'm Rusty. Yeah. Um, Mum actually explained it to me. I think it was either going to be stainless or or rusty and I ended up with, with rusty. Um Ryan, his golly, he used to chase around his dummy, going golly, golly, golly. So that's how he <laughs> got golly. Um Josh is twiggy because he's tall and skinny like you. Yeah. Um Tice's flea bag. Um, I don't actually know why he's fleabag, and then Trent's boof. he's a bit of a boofhead growing up. So um that's probably what we're known as back home. So whenever I hear someone yell out Rusty, I usually turn because I think that I know him. So if yeah. you want to get me attention, yell out Rusty. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Do you head back very often? Um, I try and get back as much as I can. I went back only a couple of weeks ago to do some stuff with the footy club. Um, Leisha and I have bought a place in Tallarook, which is halfway to Shirt. Um, so we sort of spend most of our time there and then mum or whoever can make the trip to Tallarook and meet halfway. So don't get back there as much as I used to, but still love heading back. You came to the system, had success straight away. Yeah. Um, talk us through what your first few years were like. Yeah. So got drafted at the end of 2008, 2009, um, played probably the first, I don't know, five or six games in the VFL and um, probably, yeah, had to try and earn my spot at the footy club. We're in a good position that time. Um And was lucky enough then to, yeah, to debut in round seven against the Saints in 2009. Um, Got pumped by about 70 points that week. (laughs) And then, yeah, played, I think, eight or nine games and then got dropped. And then was fortunate enough actually to get picked for the first final against the Saints in 2009. So um, 2009 was lucky enough to end up playing in a prelim. Um, And then obviously 2010 was the draw and then won the grand final, 2011, lost the grand final. And then I think 12, we lost the prelim. So the first sort of four years of my career, I was very fortunate and probably took a lot of it for granted and just expected that was the normal and it was going to happen all the time. And I've, you know, since found out that that's not how it works. Um, I was yeah young and, and probably didn't make the most of the opportunity that I had and, um, I still remember the day when we won the flag in 2010 like Luke Baldy saying like you know make sure you really take it all in and embrace it all for what it is because you know they don't come around that often um, and me being 19 at the time just probably shrugged it off and was keen to have a good night and um, yeah I guess that's probably one of the regrets and that I have from that night is just really um, taking it all in and enjoying it because yeah as he said it doesn't happen often and I've not been able to, um, you know, live that moment again. And it's something that I'm obviously still striving for. But um, I think later in the career, and you obviously were involved in that in 2018, I had a real focus on making sure that I just really enjoyed it um, because I knew then that it didn't come around often. So I made sure I sort of sat back and and really took it all in. And um, yeah, that 2018 finals experience for me was really special and one that you know, I'll remember forever.
0: Yeah, and I can obviously completely agree. I, my first year was that 2018 year and yeah. um, everything sort of just went well that year. Couldn't do anything wrong. We're yeah. playing in a grand final and like you said, I sort of took it for granted. I thought, look, we're going to be back here again soon. It's yeah. it's going to happen all the time. But uh, six years down the track, that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, um, Talking about that 2018 final series, you were amazing the whole way through. I think you came second in the Brownlow throughout the year, but you won the Gary Ayres Award as well for yeah. best finals player. Um, what do you think it is that makes you step up in those big games?
1: I don't know. I suppose i just like to approach each, each game the same, really. I try not to build things up too much, you know, try not to put too much pressure on myself, whatever. But, um, yeah, I, t- I tend not to change too much. And, um, you know, we played <clears throat> four finals that year and I played three good buns and played shit in the granny. So... <laughs> I would happily flip the script on that and, and play one good one in the granny, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know if I've been fortunate or what it is, but, um, yeah, when the big games arrive, I feel like I embrace them well and, and just yeah look to do my best like everyone else. But, um, you know, most of your work's done during the week that you're confident enough to go out there and perform each week. You said you might want, want to change the script around from three to one, but
0: if you hadn't been playing as well in those first three, we might not have made it to the granny. So it was a credit to you. And I obviously come in, I knew a lot about you we were actually mum and I were looking for photos to put up a photo mm-hmm. for the podcast. And there was one in 2010 and we were traveling around Australia in the caravan, did a nice trip up the middle of central Australia, yeah. data, all that. And we got, We're in Lee Creek for the grand final, just an old rickety old town. We went to the local pub and the footy was on and mum's got a photo there of me sitting there watching it. The one photo she took for the day and you've got the ball in your hand. And (laughs) we looked back going, how amazing, like I'm sitting there as an 11 year old watching the grand final, watching you, not knowing that eight years later I'm going to be playing in a grand final with you. So it's just, it's amazing how quick time goes and obviously I don't want to say you're getting to the end of your career, but...
1: Oh, I am. You're sort of... A, yeah. yeah, I am. I'm right near the end of it, probably.
0: Yeah, but you always... Your body's always stayed stayed right. Obviously, to get to 300 games, there's a lot that's gone right.
1: Yeah. How much more do you reckon you've got in you? Um, I'm contracted for next year still, so um, I'll happily get through that. And then just depending on how the team's going, how I'm going, how right views me at that stage, <laughs> there's a, probably a lot of things that come into it, but... Um, you know I love footy and to be honest, I don't have a whole lot in terms of work going on outside of the footy, so um, footy pays all right, so I'll try and just keep pay- playing for as long as I can and hopefully when I'm done, a job will pop up when when it's ready. The player development managers at the club,
0: they're pretty pushy on trying to get you to upskill outside of footy and yep. um, every year I've always had that chat, Jaden, what are you doing off the field? Yeah. How have you uh, skipped
1: through that? Um, well, I'll sort of skip through it, but then I haven't as well. I've, I've had a crack at a few things. I tried, um, to do an apprenticeship in building carpentry. Um, I'll say COVID wrecked that. (laughs) You weren't going (laughs) very often anyway. Didn't finish that. Um, I was going to do some work at, um, cricket Victoria, which I've since put on hold. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm like almost, I'm really invested in the footy at the moment and I love to put all my eggs into that basket. Um, I know that, that you need to have a balance, but I probably don't have that balance and um, yeah, I don't know. I think as I sort of said, when the time's right, I'll hopefully find something, but at the same time, I want to make the most of this the opportunity that I've got and that's footy. Um, there's no doubt I could have done more to try and find and set myself up better outside of footy, but yeah, um, you know, I'm pretty happy and content with I'm sitting here at the moment. I've had a pretty good career to date. And, you know, maybe if I've spent more time looking for a job outside of footy, I haven't put in as much work for my footy. So who
0: knows? That's it. You've got a couple of houses in queue, one on the way to Shep. <laughs> Don't think you'll be worried for a buck once you're done. Oh, you guys are absolutely flying this year. Um, it's been amazing. Obviously, last year, all those games where you came from behind and just doing the same thing again this year. Yep. Why do you think you are so good at just running over teams in that fourth quarter?
1: Um, well, for one, we've been in that position so many times. We've had experience in it. Um, we've trained it. We've watched Vision and like we've, like we've lived it out so we know what to expect in those moments. Um, I think we've – I can't talk for other clubs, but we've trained hard probably like everyone has. <laughs> um, and our probably GPS numbers and the way we finish off games has, has showed that. Um, whether we're in front or – you know, wherever, whenever we're down, we just have this belief that we're always in the game and we talk about playing the minutes. Um, yeah, I think to beat us, you've got to be able to play all the minutes because, yeah, we, we don't stop until the final siren. And, and I guess there's luck involved, but then when you put so much time and effort into things as well, I think, um, yeah, there's sort of no coincidence why we are getting over the line in those tight ones.
0: In the time that I was there, Darcy Moore... Uh, wasn't even in the leadership group I don't think and he's now skyrocketed to leadership group and now he's captain and doing a really good job his footy's gone to another level um how have you found his leadership oh Darcy's been
1: unreal to be honest um you know the bloke before him done a pretty good job as well but he's brought something different and you know him and Pendles aren't the same people um Darcy's he's he's a very smart man um you know, he, he still wants input from everyone at the footy club. It's not like he's the captain now and it's, you know, him pointing down. He's, he's very inclusive and, um, he has a, you know, a big support group around him. Um, yeah, he's, well, his form at the moment is unbelievable as well. Um, I just think he's a really well-rounded person. Um, he looks after himself. He's, you know, he's quite switched on and, you know, away from footy as well. I think, He's almost the perfect face for the footy club in my opinion so um yeah since he's sort of only been in the job for not for not long now and to be honest he probably hasn't put a foot wrong but as we know you know things will pop up along the way and there'll be challenges thrown at him but yeah as, as I sort of mentioned he's been superb this far yeah and no, I totally agree obviously
0: he shows great leadership qualities and He's one of those people you can sit down, you can have an in-depth conversation with Get Really Deep. He's obviously very intelligent, as you touched yeah. on, and I think his speech on Anzac Day is a credit to that. I suppose that was just unbelievable. You yeah. might steer away from the footy now. I've got a little segment that I've come up with, and it's right. called uh, How Well Do You Know Yourself? Uh-huh. Right so yeah. they're going to be little questions. I mean, it could show that you're observant and of yourself or just love yourself a little bit too much, but <laughs> we'll soon see. Uh, we'll start with question one. What color boots did you wear in the 2018 grand final? White. Yes, they were white. That's great. I actually, funny story on that too. I wore your same boots, pair. the same pair, and they were your boots. So did I think I was wearing size 12s all year and <laughs> they were a little bit big. And I was like, Sidey, can I borrow a pair of 11s for the to yeah. the grand final? You and must have got the good ones. I got the
1: shit <laughs> <two> ones. <laughs> I,
0: did, I did for two kicks and then they turned yeah. to Don't no good out. as well.
1: The same. I the same.
0: Yeah. You, you obviously never gotten those back. Mums are- mum's oh, hidden them, they went through our, mum's actually got a, uh, a magic washing machine, so right. like my first ever jumper, I was playing it up way to Comer in the under 10s and obviously I think I was wearing the number four and um, spent the whole year in it, at the end of the year you've got to give it back to the club so yeah. that the under 10s the year after can wear it and um, <laughs> somehow it went in the magic washing machine <laughs> and the club didn't get that one back unfortunately, it got lost and I think the same thing happened with my 2012, I won a, a premiership, yeah. Uh Fentry Galley and <laughs> after the game, chucked that straight in the magic washing machine, that disappeared too. So <laughs> good on you, your record. How's your um how's
1: your mum? Is she hoard a bit of stuff? Yeah, my oh my mum's actually like well oh, it's good actually. I went back two weeks ago and um yeah, filmed some stuff with the footy club and <clears throat> went into like her back room thing and it was just like an old, you know, like hanger with and there was like footy jumpers and <laughs> Brothers cricket gear, there was heaps of stuff on there, which was nice actually. Like my old year 12 top, like school top was on there. It was actually nice to have a look at. So it's good that she holds on to that stuff and brings back a few good memories. Yeah,
0: certainly. I think that'll be good to pass on to your kids in the future. We'll get back to the questions. What
1: round did you kick your first goal? Um, So I debuted in round seven, eight. I'm going to say round nine against the Eagles over there. Very good. Very good. Great start. <laughs> Who'd you play in your 50th game?
0: I couldn't tell you who I played in my 50th. It wasn't even that long ago. <laughs> 50.
1: Um, I feel like I've, be- I've played a lot of my milestones against North. Was it North? It was
0: North Melbourne. Yeah, North Yep. <laughs> and I suppose that leads into the next question. Who'd you <laughs> play your 250th against? North. North Melbourne, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you obviously love a milestone game against us. And um, unfortunately, you've actually won every single milestone you've played in. So the boys always get up for you. Obviously a great figure <laughs> around good. the club and the boys always perform for you.
1: Hopefully we keep it that way then, eh?
0: Yeah. Hopefully. Oh, no, not hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> for my sake. Certainly not. <laughs> not. Uh, what's the most disposals you've had in a game and when?
1: It was against Adelaide round three, maybe. Not four. sure. Round four over there. Um, I had 42. Forty-three. Yeah,
0: forty-three. Yeah, you stole the three Brownlow votes off me. I'd kicked five, but I didn't even get a vote. <laughs> I think Brody had about thirty something too, didn't he? Yeah, that I go. think, and I think Adzzi had a big one as well. But I think yeah. you got the three votes, and I my five five goals missed out, unfortunately. Oh well. <laughs> You've gone pretty well here. Um, final question: talked about your brother Ryan before. Yep. What's his birthday?
1: Fourteenth um, of August. What year? Uh, Eighty nine. Very good, yeah. yeah, very good. You are a good family man. Yeah, he's about the only one I know, to be honest. If you <laughs> had asked any other, I wouldn't have got it. I
0: couldn't Google the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only one that popped up on Wikipedia, so that's great. Uh, we said it before we had common interests and both love playing a bit of golf. You said you've been getting out to
1: Green Acres a bit lately. How's that going? Yeah, good. Um, I've played the last two Mondays actually after footy. Um, hadn't really had much of a hit this season. Um, played last week with. Um, Darcy Cameron. Darcy Cameron loves his golf. He's a member out at Rosanna. Really good fella as well. Yep. Um, So, yeah, played with him last Monday. um, Playing off – I was off 13, I think. I had 36 points, which was nice. And then played again yesterday with Darcy, his brother, and Tay Adams at Greenacres again and had 31. Um, So didn't play as well, but I feel like, as you would know, I've – Starting to get that little golf bug back in me. The it, last, just, yeah, it's, it
0: just grabs you, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't, I'd played every now and then. And then last July, I sort of was just a little bit bored. So I signed up at the golf club and yeah. it's bitten me hard. Been going out two, three times a week, probably too many, but um, such addictive game. What was the lowest handicap you got down to?
1: Um, the lowest handicap I got, when I first signed at Green Acres. I was off 20, I think. Like my first ever handicap and the first comp player I had 45 points <laughs> <laughs> and it went straight to 10. So I reckon I might've got to like nine point something, but, um, I've slowly blown out to, I'm about 13 point something now. So.
0: Beautiful. Still a good golfer then. Who would be the, uh, the best golfer you reckon you've gone around with in, in footy?
1: Howie. Howie? Yeah, What's I think so. Off? Howie's off five maybe. Hits a long ball. I think all good golfers are good at getting themselves out of the shit. Like they put them behind trees or whatever. And I feel like if I'm in that position, I'm going for that 1% shot where they just smart and put it close to the green or whatever it is. Um, Yeah. He's very accurate off the tee, which helps. I thought you were going to give... Our good mate, Adam Oxley, a shout out there. He's a, he's a good a golfer. He's a good lead him, wasn't yeah, was yeah, out. Yeah, Ox is a very good golfer. Um, he needs to sort his swing out. As you'd know, he's got a bit of the Charles Barkley about him now. He takes his back swing and pauses up there for some reason. But Ox is a very good golfer as well. But I would have Howie maybe just above him. I, I think, think Ox is handicap at the moment. I think he'd be about four or five as well, yeah. yeah. Right. But he, um, he watches too many
0: YouTube videos and he's changing yeah. his swing every time we play. <laughs>
1: so I used to say to Ox, playing with him on the golf course, He was so animated, like (laughs) he was playing footy and you'd never, ever seen him animated at footy. And I used to say, I wish you'd, you know, put this much into your footy because he'd be out in the golf course and he expects to hit everyone like Tiger Woods and he does not he throws clubs. He gets very down on himself. So um, he's good value on the golf course, Oxo.
0: He's great value on the tennis court as well. We actually went out and had a hit one day. He came out to Dendy Park tennis courts and... He had his new $350 tennis racket. <laughs> Ox is one of those people where you pay $350 for that. He would have, I'm sure. He was one of those people. We loved our Fortnite. He'd we'd go out and he decided he was going to try keyboard and mouse, which you probably don't understand, but yeah. keyboard and mouse, and they said, All right, well, you're playing it on a PlayStation, you can just get the fifty dollar one. Um, that'll suffice like yeah. if you get the 50 or the 200 they're going to be the exact same because you're running it off a Playstation Ox goes no I'll have the $200 <laughs> one I'll get this use. spends $800 <laughs> uses it once much. and then just That's nah standard. nah too hard That's so standard. like I was saying the tennis court at Dendy so he's come out there and we, we said we'll play two sets just the best of three <laughs> so I won the first set six love and um was up three love in the second set and he's launching balls over the back of hands. <laughs> I can actually imagine it yeah. too. <laughs> and I think I aced him to win the third game of the second set. And he walks over and he goes, Steve O, um we're gonna have to stop it
1: there. If we play anymore, I'm gonna break this racket. And I paid 350 bucks for it. <laughs> oh, he it's actually unreal how much he like gets fully involved with it and just expects to be that good at it. Yeah. yeah, well, he obviously, he's a very good sportsman, yeah, he, but he's, he's elite. But he, yeah, <laughs> it's funny how mad he gets.
0: Now we're gonna dampen the mood a little bit here, but you had a little incident back when I was at the club and um, involving
1: some fire <laughs> and fire. Yeah, had to move out of
0: home for a bit.
1: Yeah, I did. I think it might have been in two th- It was in two thousand eighteen. Um, I was actually I was at home with one of my mates, and we were putting new decking boards out the front of the house, um, and there was an open house over the road and the person that was doing that was the guy who sold us air house. So we were just out the front, um, working away and he yelled out still. He's like, there's some smoke coming out of your backyard. Like, have you got anything cooking? And I was like, nah, I don't, that's weird. So I ran out the back and I could see, I had like a, um, it was a Weber, but it was sort of like decking. And then the sort of barbecue stand was decking as well. Just sort of sat on top. I had a little, Fridge in it as well, like built in, um, and so I went out there and I could see that the cover over the Weber was on fire. Weber, I think I said Weber. <laughs> um Weber was on fire. So I quickly grabbed the hose and um tried to put it out, and I almost had it out. Like it was basically it was out, and then all of a sudden the gas bottle that was connected to the barbecue, I think gas bottles now are designed to <clears throat> like the... It used to maybe be metal and that would explode. Now the little ring in it just melts, so that all the gas just comes out. And it just happened to be pointing towards the house when it melted, and all the gas just started shooting out towards the house. So basically, as soon as that happened, there was a little bit of flame <laughs> through the hose. And so you actually tried to fire it yourself? Well, I, I had it out basically <laughs> until that gas bottle blew up. Well, it didn't blow up; it just started. Um, yeah, so. I literally would have had three meters to get inside and up the stairs to get outside. And by the time I'd moved there, the bifolds had started cracking. Um, And yeah, obviously went out the front, didn't know what to do. I was shit myself. I was panicking. <laughs> so I ran down the road thinking, <laughs> and then I got halfway down the road and I'm like, well, I can't just run away from your house on fire. What I was your need, plan? What was your plan I don't running know, down? do to be honest, I wasn't even thinking. I was like, <laughs> I just need to remove myself from this situation. And then was down the road like watching the house like burn down. like It was higher than the trees. I ran next door to tell them to move their car and they weren't home. So it turns out they lost their car. It was about a $130,000 Land Cruiser. That got torched. They lost that. Um, we lost basically – we didn't lose the house, but there was a fair bit of damage done to it. Um, we were out of the house for a good 12 months. Um but yeah, like it was yeah, when I was out the front, the firefighter, I think they the fire truck took about six minutes. It felt like about six hours to get there. And then there was I don't know, it felt like there was about fifty people out the front as well. Whenever there's something in the neighborhood, everyone always wants to come out and have a look. Um and then yeah, that was it. The house was basically gone. Um I'd actually meant to be at a premiership reunion that day as well. So Oh terrible did, timing. Yeah, terrible timing. Didn't go to that. Um, the
0: house had already burnt. You might as well have just
1: gone. A lady over the road. We just went over to their, their place (laughs) and ended up getting pretty pissed and probably made it even worse the next day when we had to go back and sort of start looking through the house of what we'd lost and what we could keep. But, um, yeah, it was a shitty time, but, um, yeah, shit happens
0: as well, doesn't it? Was there anything inside you in particular that burnt or was smoke damaged that, um, you really wish you could have been able to keep? No, we're actually
1: pretty lucky because um, it was sort of the um, <clears throat> like the living room and kitchen area. You know, most people don't keep too many <laughs> valuables out there. So all the bedrooms were okay. They didn't get burnt. They just sort of had like black soot all through them. So everything was covered in like black crap or whatever it is, um, but nothing, you know, too personal was lost. We've got two dogs who... If we hadn't have been home, clearly we would have lost our two dogs as well. Um, so the fact that we're home was probably a bit of a blessing, but it's not ideal to have a house fire, that's for sure. You actually were
0: talking there about uh, running down the street. You got nervous. <laughs> so you just started running. Um, that's actually pretty good leading. Well, that's it, what I thought you were going to ask me first, to be honest. Oh, about the 2K time trial? <laughs> yeah, you seem to get nervous. I don't know. If, I don't understand it. You always rock up. You'd win, but yeah. you get so
1: nervous. Um I thought you were taking that somewhere else as well, but that's good. The two well it's like like anything. Like I still hurt and felt the same as the boat come last. Like I was still hurting. But when you win and you're you're probably expected to win every time and um for whatever reason I just used to hate the two K, although I was good at it there for a time. I just would hate it. I would have the worst night's sleep for day one of preseason just thinking about the two K. So um We've since changed that test at the footy club. We don't do it anymore, so it's been nice. What he is doing now, I don't know what it's called. It's like the thirty fifteen test. It's sort okay, of, yeah, a bit different. I mean, they're all sort of, sort of it's not a beep test, but the same kind of concept, up back type thing. So, um, yeah, big. Q's the man of that, he's quick and he's got good endurance, so I've got endurance, I'm not
0: quick. We do a similar, we do a shuttle one where it's like up 40, 40 shuttle, 60 shuttle, 80 shuttle and do that five times. So for someone like me who doesn't turn too well, it's it's a little bit tougher, but I was able to work on my time this year. I know exactly how you feel, because obviously I think when you're expected to win, you get you get those nerves because the pressure's yeah. on. If You just know you're going to run midfield, which I do. I know 2K, I'm going to be <laughs> somewhere between 10 and 20. So I just rock up and I know my running You'll can be right. Yeah, k going to get me. there. There's no pressure to perform and come first. But whenever I start on the blocks for a 100-meter sprint, I'm, I've i got that same feeling. It's the only time I ever get butterflies. You can attest to it as yeah. well. Like we can run out and play in front of 100,000 people. Yeah, You don't have that same feeling. But yeah, yeah standing on the start line of
1: 100 meters is just – just incredible. Yeah, it's just that expectation on you to perform, but <clears throat> yeah, it's like, like you said, like I turn up to footy each week and I rarely get nervous. I get nervous on the drive in. That's about it. So <laughs> to get nervous for a two k that you know it can take you six six and a half minutes, it's, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, and we said before, was
0: at the start of the podcast, you're someone who likes to laugh, likes to have a joke, um, always keeping the vibes up at the club. Yeah. Um, have you got any really good pranks you can let us in on that
1: you've done? Um, I used to get Oxo a fair bit. <laughs> Adam Oxo used to live with me for I don't know how long in the end. It was only for a couple of weeks, but extended that out for a few months. <laughs> um, I used to always hide in his bedroom or something before he goes to bed and scare him, but I've been on the end of a few pranks. I don't know that I've sort of done too many myself, but um, I'm not sure. Run us through the one with Maxie. We had to yeah. selling stuff at the selling back of the back car. Back. I think yeah, that was in my second year as well, and I was very naive. And um, I yeah, I'd been at training all day, and our media manager then at the time <clears throat> dropped me off at a servo and met Maxi there, and just said, "We'll go into a coterie Group function." So I had no idea. I was like, "Yeah, sweet." The captain's taking me for Maxie a function, was in
0: thongs, wasn't he? He was you're in- a little bit sus from <laughs> the start.
1: <laughs> well, and he had a different. Like looking back now, I was. I should have been sus, but I literally had no idea. There was things like, when I was in his car, he had a built-in GPS into his Lexus and then above it was, from what I know now, a camera. And I was like literally looking up in there, I'm like, this looks like a camera. And he's like, nah, it's just like a GPS thing because this one's no good. So like I would have been literally staring into it. Um, he told me he had his brother-in-law in the background, which wasn't, he was just some guy recording the the noise. Um And then, yeah, he said just I need to make a quick stop and pulled down this alleyway and popped the boot. And there was, I don't know, five or six um, rough-looking customers (laughs) ready to buy something off him. And, um, yeah, I was – well, you can see in the video I was shit myself and then his phone rings and he takes off and I almost froze up. I didn't know what to do, to be honest. They are asking for his thongs, (laughs) for my thongs, going through his footy bag. I think his wallet even could have been in there at one stage. Um, funny thing it doesn't show is there was like a 2005 um, Collingwood like team photo. Yeah. and I wasn't even in that team photo. And he was like, Are "You in this?" I was like, "No." Nah. And he's like, "Just sign his name like left-handed." So I was actually signing people's names <laughs> left-handed. Um, but yeah, I was caught off guard big time, and then um, yeah, the cops rock up and I froze. <laughs> I'm, I'm one that I hate conflict or anything like that. Anything serious is going on. I'm no good for. And yeah, when they come, I just froze and didn't know what to do. And you can tell in the video and then Maxi comes out and I sort of twigged on a little bit what way he was talking. And then finally, yeah, Pete Hallier come out and I knew that I'd just been pranked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it was a great story. Great viewing for anyone who hasn't watched it. Go to YouTube, search steel side bottom, uh, Nick Maxwell prank. It's, it's a great watch. Um, Obviously today's episode couldn't be possible without Ringers Western. So you've got the Ringers Western cap on there. I've got the hoodie, the cap, there's signs all around the drink bottle. Um, So in honour of Ringers, we're going to have a little segment um, to explain. They obviously do predominantly Western sort of clothing, outback clothing. So um, have you got any experience in the background, out
1: camping, anything like that? Um, I used to actually camp flat out as a kid. Um, Every Easter and Christmas we'd head down to the Golden River. Um, set up the big, well, it was probably a 10-man 10 tent back then to get all the kids and, and mum and dad in. Um, but, yeah, I used to love the summertime down there, um, plenty of fishing. I don't know if you're allowed to set springers one day, but we might have had a couple <laughs> of legal set lines or something going on. Maybe not. I might have made that up. But, um, yeah, I used to love my time down there. I knew, you know, every year we'd do that, head down there and probably spend a good week down there. And um, dad had the boat. There'd be no knee in the golden, too many logs and things in there. But um yeah, the early days, like you would um you would know the sort of the best days of your life and those, yeah, ones you never forget with your family and going away camping with family and friends is always a highlight of of my year. Do you still get out at all? Um, I've got a swag. Don't <laughs> use it that often. Do you get the keys um, double daddy Deluxe or something? Uh, I've actually got a my Best mates got me a swag for me thirtieth, so oh, um, yeah, I do. I do love the outdoors, um, but probably not so much camping. Like I like going fishing. I've been fishing a little bit of late actually, um, but yeah, no sort of riding horses or riding bulls <laughs> and such. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> What's your go-to fishing? Are you a lure, bait, fly
1: fishing? Um, usually bait, but actually, just over probably over the New Year Christmas period, I caught my first. Caught on a lure off the surface, so um, that was pretty exciting. But I've since been out and haven't got another one, so I might have to revert back to the bait fishing.
0: Is it something you'd you'd want to instill in uh, in your family life? I suppose you've Tilly should be what about two and a half, nearly three. Nearly yeah. three yeah. yeah, she's growing up. Some of your Snapchats, still, I know he might be thirty two, but he's uh, <laughs> he's strong on the Snapchat stories, <laughs> always putting stuff up of his little girl. And um, you seem like a really laid back dad. Um, yeah. Is going camping um, something you'd you'd want her to experience growing up as a kid?
1: Yeah, and it's probably part of the reason as well why we got this place in Tullaroo, Um, just to get out of Melbourne and um, yeah, experience sort of the way I grew up. You can you, it's as soon as you get out of Melbourne, you just feel the clearer air. Um, you know, you can't hear the hustle and bustle of the city all the time. You can just go there and chuck the radio on, light a fire or whatever it is, and and just do whatever you want, really just plot around. I just go there. I don't even have anything to do, but I'll find something to do. I'll try and build something or, um, you know, I got myself a zero term mower. So I'll go back there and sit on that for a few hours or whatever. But, um, yeah, Matilda loves it there. There's plenty of animals and stuff there for her as well. And yeah, just to slow down life a bit out in the country is always nice.
0: Good chance for you to just sit down, have a few tins and, do you ever get yeah. into the uh,
1: pooey and milks out there? Or? <laughs> the
0: milky poos. <laughs> <laughs> you just
1: Close. save them for special occasions. Yeah, I do. They uh, they knock you around a bit, so I try not to um, tap into too
0: many of those. Yeah, well, the last time we would have seen you before here was at Jack Madgen's wedding party, I suppose. Him yeah. and his wife, Heidi, just went eloped because um, COVID sort of stuffed up their plans for their wedding, so we had the party uh, December last year and- obviously started on the beers and then yeah. Steel comes out with his <laughs> jug of Kalura
1: Bailey's vodka, vodka milk. milk, yeah. That's um, a good drop. If any of your listeners haven't tried it, I suggest <laughs> having a crack.
0: <laughs> that's a Steel special. Uh, we'll go back to Matilda. Uh, how's how's life changed? How's Alicia going? Has she, yep. Is she still working? Like, how's yep. it? has it changed your life? It's a massive commitment. My, uh, my best mate, we actually mm-hmm. just had his uh, – baby gender reveal party on Sunday and it all popped up a little girl and (laughs) (laughs) how'd they do do that? Oh, they had a, um, they had just the blue or the pink canister, like they shot them out like fireworks and the bloke who was running it, like this bloke, it's his one job (laughs) to get the canisters right. And my mate and his partner are are standing there and the bloke goes, "Oi, you might want to move forward because you might get pink smoke on you. (laughs) <laughs> and my mate's like, pink smoke? He goes, oh, you know, pink or blue, whatever. <laughs> like he's got one job <laughs> and he's ruined it for him. So obviously the uh, the pink smoke all came out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And obviously all my mates and I, we were just set that he was having a boy. He's a sort of bloke that, yeah. I don't know if he deserves a boy, but you just can only imagine him <laughs> with a boy. And now that he's having a little girl, it's crazy. And you know, I presume your mates were probably the same when they yeah. found out you were having a girl.
1: Yeah, well, I've got no doubt that Little girl soften him up—that's for sure. Um, yeah, it's the it's the best thing that's happened to me. To be honest, I couldn't love her anymore. Um, she, yeah, she makes me so happy when I'm whenever I'm around her. Um, you know, she's getting a little bit older now. She's starting to test me out a little bit. But <laughs> I guess the more fun they get, the more they start testing you out. But um, yeah, I just love to be around her all the time. I'm always sort of racing home or heading. Heading into childcare early to pick her up or whatever it is, I yeah just love being around her. She makes me happy, and um, yeah, Leisha's been an incredible mum as well. Um, she's been ba- back at work now for a while. She just does four four days a week, has one day off that sh- she'll spend with Matilda. But um, yeah, we've got a great little family that you know I I, I love at the moment, and it's um, it's nice, you know. Obviously, footy can become you know a highly stressful um environment at times but you know when I'm home with Matilda and Leisha just you know almost forget about footy and and just really love to be in their company and um you know I'm sure you've used to always tell me you look forward to having kids (coughs) kids sorry (laughs) um part of me wishes that I had kids earlier but then obviously you've got to give things up and I I enjoyed my my 20s up until I was what twenty nine? When I think I had Matilda. Um, I don't know. I can't speak more about how much I love having my own little family. Um, obviously got married as well at the end of last year, and um, yeah. Let's hope that maybe there might be a few little kids running around soon. You reckon two, three, four? What's your um, what's your ideal number? I'd like to have three. I think. Yeah. Okay. Hope, kids. I'm hoping you get a boy next. To- well, speaking, you thought your um, mate was adamant they were going to have a boy for whatever it. Leisha and I never found out what we're going to have. And um, we used to just always have people saying, You're going to have a boy, you're going to have a boy. And we come from five. Yeah, exactly. Um, And we believed it really. Like we were adamant, we're going to have a boy. Um, And then obviously, when Matilda was born, I think I was in shock a little bit as well. I didn't know how to react at the the start. But um, yeah, I'm I'm almost glad now that I had a little girl and, and not a little boy. I mentioned before, it'll, soften your mate up it's definitely softened me up and um, yeah I love my daughter like every
0: father does yeah you said before I said uh, I said I was ready to have kids and (laughs) I think with my mate uh, having a kid it sort of put it in perspective for me and I'm certainly not ready to give up my rounds of golf each week and my ability to to do what I want my girlfriend's actually just moved in with me and um, made sure I've made it very clear that uh, kids (laughs) aren't on the uh, aren't on the close horizon,
1: I suppose. Yeah. Well, and and that's, like I said, like you've obviously got to give things up as well. So it was 29 was a good age for me where, you know, maybe I'd, um, done everything I needed to do by that age. So <clears> there's, <throat> yeah, definitely like I haven't played golf near as much <laughs> as I used to since Matilda's been here. But, um, yeah, hanging out Matilda is better than playing golf anyway.
0: You're 32 now. Yeah. Um, got a little family started, Footy's still going well. I hope you can play into your forties if, that, if that's a chance. Get to game four hundred. Obviously, yeah, nice. I think Pendles is a record record holder holder at Pies at the moment.
1: Yeah, is it an aspiration to maybe uh, chase him down? No, nah, not not really, to be honest. And <laughs> I don't think if Pendles is already up to about three hundred and sixty or something. So um, no, nah, I'm not chasing Pendles at all because I don't think I'll be able to get there. And he doesn't look like he's slowing down either. So I would think by looking at the way he's going now that he's every chance to get 400 um but as i mentioned earlier i want to play footy for as long as i can so if it means that i play 305 or it means i made 350 whatever it is i'll be pretty happy
0: and what are your aspirations post footy So obviously like you said you haven't put in a whole lot of thought yeah. and a lot of um upskilling but have you got some sort of idea of what you want
1: to do um i'd yeah, I'd love to just experience the real world, as they say, and and get a job and, um, yeah, just, I guess, almost have a bit of a break from footy as well. Although I say I love it and I'll keep doing it, it would be nice to also have a break once I'm done. Um, so hopefully I don't need to rush into a job straight away, but um, I'd also love to be able to give back a little bit to country footy as well. Obviously where I've grown up and... Um, the way I was brought up, I'd I'd love to be able to probably not play. Hopefully I've can't even can't even run anymore when I'm finished at Collingwood. So if whether it's coaching or having some kind of involvement at local footy back in the country is something that um I think I'll definitely tap into at some stage. Um but um yeah, as I mentioned, there's not there's not a whole lot there waiting for me, to be honest.
0: Yeah, obviously, I didn't grow up in the country country. I grew up in Fentry Galley. It's 45 minutes out of the city, but it, yeah. it, it sort of feels more like a country town than a, in a suburbs town. And like you said, that connection to community, I'm always down. I still go down. I play a few games of cricket in the off season. Yeah. Um The thought of finishing AFL and then going back and playing a season at Fentry Galley is just something that – I know we'll always keep my passion for footy there. It's like once I'm done, I've still got this one good year where <laughs> it doesn't matter if I'm 35 or I'm 25. I'm going to go back and play one year at Fentry Gully, and I'll go back there free of charge. But um, any f- say that Nick. no, no, free, free of charge. But any food and any beer on Thursdays and Friday <laughs> no, on Saturday nights—that's all free. So you don't drink beer, do you? You're kidding, aren't you? I've, um, I've matured since uh, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> since those days. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I'll start with you. I think you're a bit yeah. of a rat bag. You used to tell me in your early days and you've yeah. straightened out, gotten in the leadership yeah. group. So hopefully I can uh, emulate your career. And like I said, I looked up to you from the start. So um, that would be amazing for me. Oh, let's hope. Yeah, we'll finish <laughs> up. Um, one thing I want to ask each guest before they, uh, before they walk out is, if you're having a party, so say you're having a massive party, the next one for you would be your 40th. Your 40th. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Somehow money's not an issue.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you can have anyone you want. You need to have two musicians come and play. They can be a band or an artist. So you've got a 7.30 till 10 slot and yeah. a 10 till late mm-hmm. slot. Who are, you, who are you inviting and
1: getting? So the, the music for The music, yeah. Um, a few of us boys in 2017, I think it was, went over to Ibiza. Ibiza, Ibiza, whichever way you pronounce it. Um, And we see Martin Garrick's live there, which was um something that I'll never forget. So he'd be one. He might be the later time slot. Yep. Um, 10 too late. So who are you putting on for, as a starter? Um, I'm not huge into my music, to be honest. I have a playlist, but... um. Yeah, I don't know. I'd love, Even someone like Snoop Dogg would be pretty, pretty – <laughs> pretty it's a bit of a different mix, but I think the personality of Snoop Dogg would be good to have at a party. And, um, yeah, all his songs were sort of good songs when I was growing up. So I know the lyrics to, to a few, so I'll be able to have a nice sing-along with Snoop Dogg. Yeah, you'd have to pay him a little bit extra for him to stay after while Martin's playing and
0: have <laughs> well, a chat in the party. Not issued, so, yeah, amazing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So he'll stick around. That's a. <laughs> <laughs> they're not the two artists I would yeah. have uh, <laughs> <laughs> expected from you, but I can certainly agree with Martin Garrick. So I. I spent my whole year 12 year and I don't encourage any kids that are listening to do this, but, um, I found maths pretty easy. I did maths message in year 11 and passed that and, um, did the easy maths in year 12. So I just used to sit there with my laptop and the headphones in, listen to Martin, Martin Garrick's play at Tomorrowland. And <laughs> that's, that was, uh, eight periods a week. So yeah, that's a great choice. Uh, thanks again for coming on still. It's no like I said, you've, you've been amazing to me in my first three years of my career. And, um, Whenever we catch up or see each other, it's like time's never passed and 300 games, it's an amazing achievement. I'm looking forward to seeing you run out there. I hope you have 30, kick three and lose by six goals. <laughs> um, yeah, all the best, mate. It's an amazing achievement. You should be really proud of yourself. And I know Alicia, Matilda, your mum, Linda it is, isn't it? Yeah, got yep. that right. Um, would all be very proud of you. And I know someone who's really proud of you is my mum. She's she's your biggest fan. So. Thanks, Raquel. <laughs> yeah, she was, um, she was very happy when... I announced you as the first as oh, the first guest. So
1: all the best, mate. Thanks again, and we'll catch up soon for a round of golf. Uh, pleasure. Thanks for having me, and all the best for your 100. Let's hope that you've got 100 more in you, if not more. So, um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be on, and all the best with whoever else you can get on now. Thanks again for
0: tuning in. Uh, if you want to support the podcast and help us grow, make sure to follow and like us on all our social media platforms and uh, share us to your friends also. Thanks heaps, and see you on the next episode.